Hey everybody, this is Katie Skelly, and I am here hosting a very special episode of Ink Studs today with my guest Liz Suburbia. So, as you probably know, Ink Studs is a really great resource for comics fans and cartoonists, and you can support it and get even more special episodes like this one by going to patreon.com slash inkstuds and making a monthly pledge. Every little bit helps keep the show going, so please consider donating. And now let's get on with the show. Everybody, this is Katie Skelly, and as I mentioned earlier, I'm here hosting a very special episode of Ink Studs with my guest Liz Suburbia, who is out in Nevada and joining us for the show today. Hi, Liz. Hi, Katie. How's it going? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Good. Um, well, I'm so happy you could be on the show today, and I'm so excited to talk about your brand new book, Sacred Heart, um, which is out now from Fanagraphics. Um, and I had a chance to uh, read a little advanced copy of it, and it's so, so cool. Um, and so I just want to dive in right away and start talking about the book, if that's cool with you. Uh, thank you, and that that would be great. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so I know, or I've seen like the collection of Sacred Heart um, on your website, and I was wondering if you had started publishing that as a webcomic, or if you were putting it out in mini-comics? Um, I think the first stuff I was putting up was online, um, I, I've done some shorts in, um, Cyanide Milkshake, which is my zine that I do every once in a while. And, uh, some little, some little short, like just hand printed minis that, uh, contribute to the story and like what's online isn't, isn't finished. It's, it's kind of a first draft. I redo the, I redrew the whole thing, uh, from, from scratch for print. Um, which is good because like there's some chapters on uh, in the version that's online that like I didn't even bother finishing and I had to retool a lot of dialogue and 
tighten up a lot of the character arcs and stuff because when I started, I didn't really have a goal in mind. You know, I, I just, I had this idea for a bunch of shorts that I wanted to start doing and I wanted to show them to people right away instead of, you know, working on them and editing them and, and waiting a while on it. And it just, you know, my, my friend Kevin Chapieski set up the website for me and I just started, started posting it. And when did you start uh, putting those comics up? Oh, geez. It was like, <laughs> like five years ago now, <laughs> maybe, maybe even a little longer. Um, it's, it's been a long road with long, long stretches of not working on it at all, you know, in that time. Because the the collection, um, the Fanographics collection, is pretty big. It's about, what, 330 pages or so? Um, so that's pretty significant for, you know, a, a project like this. Yeah, it's, um, let's see, I got it in front of me. I think it's the first, like, 200 or so pages. Yeah, 215 pages are, are up online, but I added so much in you know, in the, in the second draft process. And it's, it's kind of weird to still have that first draft up where everybody can see it, but um, I'm happy to leave it up because maybe if, if people have a better idea of how <laughs> messy the process can be, then maybe they, they won't hesitate to start their own, you know, <laughs> yeah. if this is where they can end up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just going to say that's a really inspiring and really cool thing. And so when you, when you went back and you started redrawing it, when did you start redrawing it? Like a year or two ago. Okay. So you're going back and you're redrawing all this stuff and adding new pieces to it. What was that sort of process like? Was it hard going back and looking at those original pages or did it feel like, you know, kind of victorious? Like, what was that like? Um, it was definitely exciting to have a second crack at it, you know, to really improve things because when you're when you take this long I mean it's kind of the hazard of longer storytelling uh which which I think is my default I'm not very good at coming up with with shorter narratives but um you know by the time you finish something longer like that the beginning can be you know you can be a totally different person have a totally different set of skills and influences by the end as uh as when you started so it's I know it's tempting for a lot of cartoonists to redraw stuff. Most of them resist the urge, but my publisher gave me the the chance to go back and fix it. And I, I think it really needed it. I mean, I, I had no idea about things. I had just started working at a comic book shop when I, when I first started it. Um, so my knowledge was pretty limited. And through working at that shop, I was able to, you know, read and study a lot more comics, learn a lot more about kind of the fundamentals of page layout and, character building, you know, just general improvements in artwork. My, my art's gotten a lot less fussy, um, since then. So it's, it was, it was good. It was an intimidating, you know, task to undertake, but I'm, I'm glad I had the chance to do it. The, the style, um, throughout the collection is really tight. And I think that that's something that's really impressive about it too. Um, just being able to sort of like maintain the integrity of those characters and their designs so well throughout the entire book. Like it looks, it looks really good. And I would say that's definitely like a noticeable shift from, um, the comic that's online versus the comic that's in print now. So when you were looking at, um, you know, when you're working at the comic book shop, uh, what, sort, what sort of books are you looking at? Like what's influencing you? What's interesting you? 
Um, and what were you just kind of taking out of the stacks? Um, well, before I started working there, I, I had been reading, I mean, mostly it was like Love and Rockets, Hellboy, um, you know, my husband had a lot of Marvel stuff, you know, so I was, I was reading a lot of that, but my, my range wasn't too broad. I was reading a lot of web comics, um, at the time, but, um, working at the store, you know, I, I mean, I could read stuff for free, you know, so I could basically sample anything. We had a huge manga section, um, you know, so I, I burned through Akira pretty quickly. Um, I, I read through Cerebus at least until the end, and it started getting hard to read. <laughs> um, I discovered Brandon Graham's work there, and, and then, you know, his work led me to his blog, which, um, you know, opened me up to a lot of other stuff. Like, we had Finder in the store, and I picked it up because, you know, Carlos Speed McNeil's Finder, and I picked it up because he recommended it on his blog. And it, it just kind of went out went outwards from there, you know, and... It, it got to the, you know, I worked at the shop for four years and it got to the point where I had a say in the kind of inventory we were bringing in. So it was, you know, stuff that I would see, like, like a lot of Sophie Campbell's early work, like Wet Moon and Shadow Eyes, you know, we started carrying more and, um, you know, stuff from, from Ad House and No Brow. And it was, it was really cool. It was a real, uh, it was a real education. That does sound really cool. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about was, um, you know, obviously this book is in black and white, um, and you mentioned looking at a lot of manga and looking at uh, Love and Rockets, and I'm wondering, like, uh, you know, was is there a particular challenge in this type of story, telling this type of story, and just working in black and white? Because it's really, you know, it's really dynamic, um, and it looks really good, and I would imagine that there would be a lot of, like, little ins and outs it's like having a hard time with telling that story in black and white um i mean a lot of the comics that i that i like the most and especially that i was reading right around the time i was getting started uh, were in black and white you know scott pilgrim um by brian leo malley was really big at that point and i was reading a lot of that and kind of studying the artwork and copying a lot of the character design to kind of simplify it down and I don't know. Like, for one thing, I don't have a really good sense of color to begin with. I'd, I'd like to try some of that in the future, but I, I know that I'm, my coloring skills really aren't ready for prime time <laughs> right now. But um, I don't know. I, I like that. I like that kind of flat look. I think. Um, I mean, at the risk of sounding like I sucked up to you to get on this podcast, um, I remember Kevin showing me uh, Nurse Nurse. You know, your your comic and being like, oh, it's, it's so flat and it's so simple. And, and I thought that was, it really jumped out at me, you know, and it was that kind of influenced my approach. I was like, let me, you know, use fewer lines, you know, make, make the character designs a lot simpler, a lot less, you know, go less for realism and more for, you know, what the comics medium can do, which is use symbols to communicate something really, you know, really human with something that's kind of abstract. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's also a matter of economy of style because trying to get this thing drawn, you know, it, my deadline wasn't hard and fast, but I didn't want to keep my publisher waiting <laughs> forever and ever for me to finish it. So I, you know, simplification of style and not having to worry about color or tones or anything helped me work a lot faster considering that I, I also have a full-time day job that I was trying to get this done around. 
Yeah, and and I definitely want to um, shift gears and and talk a little bit about that process and sort of juggling the job and the comic. Um, but I want to I want to talk about the tone of Sacred Heart Sacred Heart, excuse me, a little bit too. <laughs> um, so what we have is we have uh, you know sort of like roving teenagers. Uh, we have sort of like an apocalyptic setting, a very mysterious setting, and it's really really cool. And we're following um, the main character Ben around as she's sort of navigating this world. Um, why work with teenagers or why draw teenagers? I know you're not literally working with teenagers, but like why, why, you know, that sort of age group, like what interests you about that? Um, I think the reason Sacred Heart is mostly teenagers is because when I started it, I was still living in the same town that, uh, that I went to high school and, you know, still kind of hanging around in a lot of those same neighborhoods. And it, it made sense to start with a setting that I knew. And, um, you know, I, I guess at age, at age 25 or so, I'm, you know, maybe that's that quarter life crisis where you're kind of looking back and wondering if you should have done things differently. And you're kind of seeing like where everybody you knew back then is kind of how far they've landed from that starting point. And I guess high school was just kind of, on my mind at the time. I mean, now I'm, I'm 30 and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to think about high school at all. You know, when I started, <laughs> no, it's, it's really cool. And I think, I think it's nice in that, like it plays up the, the heightened emotions. Like everyone is sort of going through something individually. One of my favorite um, pages in this book is the one where it's like, just showing what all of these different teens are up to at night. Like someone's rolling a joint, someone's having sex, someone's like drinking, you know, like I really, really like that. And I think that that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I like, I like how emotional everybody is. And I think something about the black and white really brings that out in the characters. Like you, you kind of get the sense that there's like a very raw tension going on with everybody. So mm -hmm. I think it's really cool. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so um, I was wondering what sort of influences you were looking at in terms of like, because the the sort of big reveal comes at the end, and I'm not going to give it away here. Um, everyone go get this book because it's really good. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to know what type of uh, non-comics influences went into sort of building the setting of this story. Um, you know, I'm... I think there's a there's a lot of comics out there that are influenced by, you know, kind of non-comic storytelling. I know for me, I watch a lot of TV, um, and I, you know, like I, I've probably I probably rewatched The Sopranos like the whole way through the series at least once a <laughs> once every two years and stuff like that. And I, I feel like that's been just as big of an influence on my long form storytelling and uh, development of characters as other comics have. Um, and I, I mean, I, maybe that's why I have so much trouble keeping things short. You know, I'm always kind of unraveling it over a super, a super long uh, process. And I mean, I, that comes in a lot with the characters and, Visually too, you know, when I'm when I'm watching TV sometimes or or like a movie, I'll I'll be sketching like um, panels from the from the different shots because because I think you can you can learn a lot from that. And some of my favorite comics, like 
Paul Pope's work really brings in a lot of that kind of outside influence, like, you know, comics from other cultures like Euro comics or manga and, um, you know, other, other art. Yeah. But, um, I guess thematically it's probably really obvious in, in sacred heart thematically. Um, there's a lot of kind of religious undercurrents and I, I, that comes from, I, I grew up really religious. I'm, I'm not so much anymore, but it's still something I, I think about all the time and about how it, affects people and it had a huge effect on this story and on the characters. Yeah, I think there are definitely um questions of morality that come up for the characters that are really interesting. Especially like, you know, everyone is is sort of so removed from any idea of lawlessness and structure, but I love that they all still sort of uphold these teenage values of like we have to go to the dance, you know, we have to like <laughs> get ready to go to the dance and it's it's really really cool and I was wondering um, sort of what your uh, connection to punk rock is, <laughs> because we have, we have a ton of like punk rock characters and references to music um, and horror films and all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, and I was wondering what, uh, what you could share on that from your own life. Um, I think for me, you know, I got into it towards the end of high school because uh, we, you know, my family was military. We moved around a lot. Um, and we, we moved to, you know, Northern Virginia, just outside of the DC area, um, my junior year of high school. And, you know, the, the punk culture in that part of the country is really huge. And it's, it kind of hit me at just the right time, you know, especially as someone who, you know, wasn't very, didn't have a very stable, um, you know, as, as far as, <laughs> a friend group or an identity or anything. And, and punk is in a lot of ways, it's kind of a ready-made identity <laughs> um, that, that's just there for the taking. And uh, in, in much the same way that religion was for me before that, <laughs> um, they're, they're kind of connected in my mind, which I guess says a lot about how this book came to be. But um, it, it also, I mean, it had a huge influence on my approach to comics, not just in the in the trappings of like fashion or, you know, making comics about bands and, and the things that they do and kids going to shows and doing punk rock things. But also in, in the, uh, the, the way that punk and like the DIY thing really encourages you to create something or say something, even if you're maybe not very technically proficient or not quite a, you know, ready to go mainstream or anything. It's, you know, you can just make stuff for your, for your friends or the people around you and address your immediate community. And that's enough. That's enough of a reason to do something. Yeah, absolutely. So where did the sort of, uh, transition from punk rock to comic books come in, in your life? I don't know if I'd call it a transition. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm still, I'm still pretty, pretty equally into both. And it was, I mean, I, I read a lot of comics, you know, especially like Garfield and, and shit like that when I was when I was a kid. But, you know, and I started branching out more and getting into like X-Men or whatever. But then I got to high school and I was like trying really, really hard to fit in and trying really, really hard to get boys to like me. So I kind of pushed it aside. And it, it wasn't until I, you know, started hanging out with those punk kids who are like, you know, 
they didn't just tell me, but showed me that you can like whatever you like. And that's, that's cool, you know, and that kind of gave me the courage to get back into comics and they, they've been kind of hand in hand, you know, cause as I've developed and started making comics, I mean, most of the, up till, up till now, you know, when I've got the, the Fanagraphics publicity machine behind me, but, um, up till now, most of my readers have been, you know, other, other punk kids and, you know, people who are interested in that kind of stuff and, and who like my stuff because it's cheap <laughs> and easy to get and it addresses the themes they're interested in. <laughs> That's really cool. I think, you know, Garfield is like the ultimate punk symbol. <laughs> like he really could have been like adopted by punk communities and maybe that'll happen. But like you think about it, he's anti-establishment. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like give a shit about, well, you know, some, I think some punks now are like a little bit more careful about taking care of their bodies and like they're vegan and everything but you know like he could be like 1977 like i don't give a shit just put whatever in me i don't care if i die so that's just a tip for me to the punk rock community get on the garfield wave um but yeah garfield punk rock dogs also punk rock because they come on and just mess up your broadcast no big deal um do you have do you have a couple dogs do you have one dog i have two dogs Aww. I love the dog in the book. Oh my god, I love those pages where it's like the dog's point of view. Those are really, really clever and cool. Um, <laughs> uh, what kind of dogs do you have? Oh, they're just little mutts. Aww. Like Boston Terrier bulldog mixes. They're very cute. Aww, that's <laughs> very cool. Okay. They're oh. kind of bad. Listen, I'm hoping that they don't they don't bark a whole ton while we're <laughs> while we're doing this. They've kept it under wraps so far, but yeah, they're looking yeah. tense. <laughs> Aww, good good guys, good dogs. Um, so I wanted to, uh, talk a little bit more about like formative stuff. Um, do you have a, a background in comics or art in terms of education? Um, I mean, I was always kind of the artsy kid in school, so I, I was really encouraged in that way. Um, I mean, like I, I took AP art in high school and I, I complete, I got like a two on the exam my senior year because I, I got such a, I bought my own hype, you know? <laughs> So I was like, I don't need to try at this. I'll just turn in whatever, and they'll they'll love it. And then I, it was a it was a humbling experience <laughs> when I got my score back. And uh, I went to a, a small uh, college in Virginia that had a small arts program and uh, studied studio art. But but that's about it. Okay, very cool. Um, so yeah, um, in terms of uh, balancing a job with making comics. Um, I think that that's a problem that a lot of cartoonists face, including me. Um, how, <laughs> like, and, you know, on Tumblr, people will ask me, like, how do you balance it? So I'm sure you've gotten that question, like, a zillion times. But, Liz, how do you balance it? How do you do this without going insane? You know, I, I don't know if I do. I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> when I find out. Okay. Um, you know, my, my day job is, is pretty demanding, and it was it was a real slog to try and get this book done around it. And there were a lot of times when I wanted to quit, you know, I was like, something's something's gotta give. <laughs> it it took up like all my free time and I'm I'm trying to finish, you know, a couple of mini comics in time for SPX right now and I'm supposed to be, you know, I told myself I'd work on that this afternoon and I've got no desire to. I just I feel I feel pretty burned out and not very motivated. And, um, you know, like I spent the last two years of my life where I, I just, 
you know, all I did when I wasn't at work was, was work on this comic. And now I'm, I'm trying to like, remember how to be a person again. And I don't know. I mean, I'm still kind of weighing like how big a part comics are going to be in my life going forward. Um, you know, I, I'd really want to go back to school so I can change careers here. Um, I'd, I'd like to teach ultimately, but that's, you know, that's going to take a lot of time and a lot of money and, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard, but I'm also, I'm, I'm not trying to go full time with comics anytime soon because I've, I've got a lot of, uh, unrelated financial goals, <laughs> you know, coming up that having a day job really, really helps. Cause it's, it's a struggle to make money off a of, off of art and comics. And I, I like not having to take jobs I don't want to do. Because um, I, I choke pretty easily when I'm when I'm doing work for other people and just kind of mess it up. So it's it's better for my art in the in the long run if I just stick to to what I want to do and try to get my my money someplace else. You know? Yeah, absolutely. What are you uh, interested in teaching? Uh, art. You know, I'd, I'd like to teach art and comics to like middle schoolers or. Or high schoolers, which I guess goes back to what you were saying earlier. And I'm, I'm like, uh, teenagers, you know, I don't, I don't even want to think about them. But I guess I do want to get them interested in the stuff I'm doing now so we have more good art and comics in the future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, having something like that is so important during your formative years to just, like, help you figure mm-hmm. out how to express yourself and the stories that you want to tell. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, the mini comics that you were working on for SVX, uh, can you tell us a little bit about those? Uh, one of them is the seventh issue of Cyanide Milkshake, which is a zine with just a bunch of kind of rando comics and a little bit of writing that I've been doing about as long as I've been doing Sacred Heart. So like, like five years or so. And it's, it's always been just kind of a, you know, and anything goes, a way for me to get stuff out and make jokes and make fun of myself. And, and it's, you know, people seem to like it. So I keep doing it. I think I might stop making those and move on to something else in the next couple of issues here. Cause I'm not feeling it as much, but, um, that's, it's been my regular thing. I've done about an issue a year, um, for a long time now. And, I'm um, trying something new with a, with a zine about like, girl pop stars and rock stars <laughs> that I, uh, that I like, I'm waiting on a quote from, uh, from my little sister <laughs> for it. My sister's liked Beyonce for like 15 years now. So I'm trying to get her thoughts so I can, so I can put them in this thing and draw a picture of Beyonce and call it a day. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm imagining that they will be positive thoughts as she's been a fan for 15 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you, you know, even if they're not, you might want to edit it because the Beyonce fans are very aggressive. So we have the mini comics that you're working on. Um, anything else that you have coming up that you're like thinking about working on or that you're working on now other than the, the cyanide milkshake? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm always thinking about the next books in the Sacred Heart series. Um, cause I, I've got like three, three more volumes planned. Oh, very um, cool. Yeah. That, that follow the main character into, into old age. I really like the idea of doing a comic where the hero is a little old lady. So <laughs> I'm trying to get to that point with this series. Um, you know, and I, I've got an idea for another really long series, you know, that I could release in monthly installments, but, 
I mean, I'd also really love to get myself to the point where I can do some, you know, shorter stories <laughs> and, uh, you know, not have to spend years and years and years working on the same, on the same narrative, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, after SPX, I, I get a little, a little bit of a break and some brain space to really step back and think about where I'm going next. Very cool. And, um, do you feel like as satisfied finishing a short comic as you do when you feel a, uh, finish a longer comic? Cause I have such a problem with that. Like, I just don't, I don't, I just feel all like keyed up, but I don't feel satisfied. You know, I know exactly what you mean. It's, it's like while I'm working on it, I anticipate that sense of pride and relief. But once it's done, I don't know how to, I don't know how to let that feeling in. You know, I thought I'd be really proud of myself when I finished Sacred Heart, and I'm I'm still waiting to feel that way. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. It's, I, it doesn't. I, I'll tell you, it doesn't feel different. Something shorter versus something longer. I mean, maybe, maybe I got to learn to be more in the present and feel good about what I'm doing instead of uh, always chasing some new ideal of work, you know, chasing this idea of artistic perfection that doesn't exist. Yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I think that that about wraps it up. Um, so, yeah, you're going to be at SBX. That's right. Will I see you there? You will see me there. Um, are, you, are you at your own table? Are you with Fanographics? Um, I'm going to be bouncing between Fanographics and uh, the Out of Step Arts, which is a collective I belong to. Um, they've they've got a, a booth, and I'll probably be there. I'll probably be hanging out at the chat books table because Kevin puts out a lot of my uh, a lot of my mini comics and stuff. But I'll be around. I'll be easy to find. Very cool. Excellent. And then if people want to find you and read the uh, first draft of Sacred Heart, they can do that at your website, which is. LizSuburbia.com. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for joining me, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, good talking to you. And I will see you at SBX. And everybody out there, go pick up a copy of Sacred Heart. Thanks. Is she pretty on the inside? Is she pretty from the back?